Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome you to this final week of a series entitled Empowered where we've been talking about the person, yes, the person of the Holy Spirit, not just a symbol or a force in the earth, but the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, the person of the Holy Spirit. And what we've been learning in this series is the opportunity we have available in our lives to invite him in to do what only he can do. I wanna welcome all of those that are watching online. I got a note this week from a lady in Lansing, Michigan, who said, I've been watching, started watching in COVID. I know we have a lot of people that watch online. I wanna welcome those in our video venue services here at the Keller campus, and maybe even someone who may watch this message later. We're thinking about you. Would you put your hands together and welcome all those that are joining us, that are along for the ride. I'm gonna ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 10. I'm gonna start in verse 34. Interestingly enough, I did not necessarily plan it this way, but this series has also been a mini study in the book of Acts. I had some thoughts, some concepts, praying about you, really excited about this series because we started this year with a theme and that is to grow. We started out this year, I just felt impressed as we were in our prayer and fasting time as a church that we call Prepare, that there's so much in our world that God hasn't really asked us to necessarily fix, and the truth is we don't have the power to fix it anyway. So when we get frustrated is when we're trying to steward something God hasn't asked us to steward while neglecting the thing he has asked us to steward. And I began to think, you know, there's so many frustrated people and We're frustrated when we're trying to fix everyone else because the Holy Spirit usually doesn't talk to you about everybody else. (laughs) He talks to you about you. And so we were thinking about that at the start of the year and just thinking about how we can grow, we can steward our own souls, our own spiritual lives, our own giftings, the things God's given us, and we can invite him into it. So we started with this theme of grow and I was really fired up about this series because I know in my personal life, when I began to understand really biblically and not just from my heritage or my personality or myself really at all, it's when I began to really understand this person of the Holy Spirit, it ignited a new phase of growth in my life and so I really wanted it for you. So it's been a great series together Here's really what the theme of the series, because I know a lot of you are new, and what I'm gonna talk about today, I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to the previous messages, to go listen to them, because each week is a building block that builds us up even to today. But here's been the theme, and that is the Holy Spirit's at work in the earth, and he's drawing people to Jesus. Jesus, the first week we learned, introduces us to the person of the Holy Spirit, and we all come with preconceived notions and presuppositions and experiences or lack of experiences, but we let Jesus the first week introduce us to the person of the Holy Spirit, and we saw these characteristics about him, that he's guiding us, and he wants to lead us, and he can comfort us, and the truth is, the work of the Holy Spirit is to really reveal Jesus to us. 
I use the word reveal because in our natural perception, we are led astray. No one has to teach you how to be lost. You just lose your way. But the reality is until the Holy Spirit shows you that you're lost, you're not really excited about being saved. But when you know you're lost, you're headed for hell, you are experiencing that here on earth without Jesus, by the way. It's the Holy Spirit that draws you with that love, with that nudge, with that pull, and you come to a moment where not really in and of your own strength, really you yourself just surrender, that's what you do. You just say, okay, I surrender my life, and Jesus does the saving, the Holy Spirit does the sealing, the, the, the revelation of it, and, and, and that's a powerful moment. If you're here, you're saying, Pastor, you're preaching on the Holy Spirit, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me? If you haven't gone all in with Jesus, that's your message. And you will not experience life to the full until you receive the gift of Jesus Christ. And I love to say this, he's a gift that's so good. I've received some gifts in my life. Most of them were not good. But I mean, let's be honest. I, don't you love a good gift giver? Here, I got this for you. That, great, that's awesome, yeah. It's like all our Father's Day gifts, you know, another tie that we're not gonna wear. Kids, could y'all get me something good? You're using my money. But don't you love when you get a good gift? Jesus is a gift that's so good, you'll never give it back. You'll never give him back. That's his message to you if you're wondering, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? He's nudging you and leading you to the fact that you can't save yourself. You can't do enough church, enough religious activity, meet all the requirements. His grace reveals you are lost and he's a savior. That's what's good news. But we've also taken another step in this series. If some of you are here like, I got that, Pastor. Got it. Well, a lot of us just stop there. We don't know that the Holy Spirit doesn't just nudge us toward Christ or reveal Christ to us. The Holy Spirit doesn't just work in our salvation. The Holy Spirit's still working. The big theological term is sanctification. The first step is justification, where we're made right. But there's this other concept in our journey that's all the way through the Bible that we are becoming more like Christ, that we are growing in the character of Christ, that there's power available for this life we live here on earth. Because if the whole goal was just to get us to heaven right after you got saved, to be like, boom, boom, beam you up, Scotty, boom, we got another one. We gotta live it here. And the Holy Spirit is available. Jesus said, I'm going away, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit for you. And his disciples, who he breathed on in John 20, he told them to wait in Jerusalem for power that's gonna come. That's been our theme verse throughout this series. I think it's a good theme verse because <laughs> it's the last words of Jesus. He's about to go to heaven. He goes, I need to leave you with this. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you not just in you to save you, out and upon you, experientially, he's gonna come out and upon you and around you and people are gonna be able to experience it and see it and you will be my witnesses. To have more of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life does not make you spooky, mystical, weird, or crazy. It makes people look at you and say, I want what they have. I want what they have. How, how do I get that? It's the very character and nature and life of Christ. Be witnesses. 
And really the theme and thesis of this series in that sanctification realm is we participate. I, I want you to understand something. This is not a sit and observe religion. This is a participatory faith. And you have an opportunity to be a part of it. You have a chance to say yes. The worst thing you can do is just be filled with knowledge that's not participatory in your heart because that creates dead religion and you'll eventually quit it. It has no life in it. And so we've been learning that in our culture where we like information without transformation, where we like to know more than someone but don't always know how to live what we know, where we wanna fix it, where we wanna do it in and of ourselves, the Holy Spirit comes to bust all of that up and begin to change us so that we begin to participate with what he desires. We learned the first week, you can grieve him. You can grieve him. You can say, you know what, just stay over there. This Bible verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says you can quench him. Do not quench the Holy Spirit, this verse tells us. A pretty direct command. It means to extinguish. It's like you can throw a wet blanket on him. You can have a view of the Holy Spirit that what he wants to do in your life, you're always going, by not being open to what he wants to do. Turn with me into the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10, verse 34. As I said, this series has been a mini-series on the book of Acts. Acts 1034 is where I want to go this weekend. And I want to talk to you for a little bit about a, another metaphor, if you will. Remember, we learned that like 50-something percent of Christian people believe that the Holy Spirit in today's world is a nondescript symbol. So I want to be clear about what I'm not saying. The Holy Spirit is not a symbol, but God in his generosity gave us some metaphors and some tangible symbols, I believe, to help us connect with a supernatural, intangible God. And I wanna to talk to you about one of those this weekend that's connected to, I believe, a possible participation point for you with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was like a dove when he came down on Jesus and affirmed who Jesus was. Like a dove, he's not a dove. The Bible says he came like a mighty rushing wind at Pentecost. So we have, we have dove, we have wind, we have pneuma, the spirit, the wind, the ruach in Hebrew. We, we have these symbols, okay? We've been using water in this to help us kind of connect uh, with the Holy Spirit. But I wanna give you another one. And I wanna talk to you about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It may be a term you've heard, it may not, it may be something you've never heard before. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, I wanna break it down from a large biblical landscape because some of you have never heard about it, others of you are intrigued by it, others of you have experienced it, but here's what I find, there's some trappings with even the terminology and I hope by the end of this we kind of get to a place where we realize it's accessible for all of us and it's very powerful. Anointing. Now, in the Bible, that word anoint has a physical connection with a physical symbol, okay? Oil, in the Old Testament, there's so many occurrences where they, they would anoint the, the, the tabernacle worship furniture. Jacob anointed the stone where he fell asleep and, and received the dream. There would be these moments where God would speak to a prophet and he would tell him, go and choose this one. You remember David? He wasn't the one that everybody would have chosen out of the lineup, but God said, choose him because he looks at the heart, not the outward appearance, and they would anoint him as king. 
They would anoint a prophet. They would anoint, so they would use literal oil. You may not know this, but in the New Testament, we're even encouraged when someone is sick, call together the elders of the church, anoint them with oil, and pray for them that the sick person might be healed. And it's not the oil that does the healing, it's the reminder of the person that the Holy Spirit's doing the healing, but God in his generosity gives me a little something to connect with. So this oil concept, let me make it real accessible. Do you want God's blessing on your home? Do you want God's blessing on your business? Do you wanna know? I believe even the person that's the farthest from God, as a pastor, I've interacted with many. Pastor, will you pray a blessing over my kids? Will you pray for God to bless X, Y, Z? What does that really mean, bless? Like, I know I need God's involvement outside of me. And what is God favoring? What is God looking at? And how is God like manifesting in a unique way? It's why we do prayer requests. It's why when someone's sick, pray for me. What are we looking for? We're looking for that endorsement of God. We're looking for the same thing that happened with David, anoint him. We're looking for that in our lives, but we don't know how to translate that into New Testament Christianity. We don't really know how to make it real, and quite honestly, I've been studying this for a couple of months on the side while I'm preaching other things. I believe it needs some more clarification. I believe a lot of people could not explain, what does it mean to be anointed by God? What does that really mean? Like, I know that's in the Bible, but like, is that oil or is that what? Or what does that look like? I want it. It sounds powerful, but like, how do I relate to it? Well, Acts chapter 10 tells us that Peter, he ends up in this Roman centurion's house. It says he began to speak, and he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. If I just say one of the top barriers when I begin to talk about that you're anointed, in fact, some of you may have heard a preacher, you can't even say the word without saying it, the anointing. It's kind of the anointed, the anointed man of God. So you're kind of like, uh, how do I get that? But I don't know, you seem like it's like only for favorites and special people. Peter says, I'm learning, I love that. Peter's learning it in real time. He had to get a vision from God to show him that there's other people included in this thing. We have a tendency to pull ourselves back into people that are just like us and forget that God's bigger than that. So that I see that he doesn't show favoritism, but accepts from every nation, every ethnos, every race, every person, every tribe, every tongue. Look, all of them are included in God's plan every single person. The real key is the ones who fear him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. And look at this key phrase, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. See the connection of God's choosing, God's endorsement, and the connection to the Holy Spirit and power, Jesus. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, and this is really what we all want. God was with him. God was with him. Now remember, this is real time, this is happening, where these people, they thought, oh, he's only with those people. 
He's only with that special chosen one, but now there's this new declaration that through Jesus Christ, he can be with us. He can be with me in my business endeavors. He can be with me in my parenting. He can be with me in whatever it is that I'm putting my hand to. He can be with me in that problem that I'm walking through. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22 brings it into our life. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. We can't anoint ourselves. He anointed us because Jesus is the anointed one. The word Christ literally means anointed. The word Messiah in the Old Testament, anointed. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Anointing equals God's endorsement. And here's the key that we need to understand. Jesus, when he steps up, Luke chapter four, he's tying into a prophecy from Isaiah that's talking about anointed to preach the good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to do the God stuff, to have God with you. Jesus steps up, reads from a scroll that's open. He says, I am the one who is the anointed one. I have been anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the good news to the poor. And Jesus, here's was the game changer, and this is why they had to kill him. He said, and now this is fulfilled in your eyes. I'm the one. I'm the one you've been looking for. Now some of you are like, well that's a great history lesson, pastor. What does that have to do with my life? I didn't grow up with that terminology, quite honestly. I'm so thankful for my heritage. We learned the gospel, we learned the word. We just sort of kept the Holy Spirit over here as someone we studied from history. We didn't believe that he was manifesting now. By the way, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. If you theologically believe that God did this at this dispensation, he did this, but he's not doing this, that will affect your Christian walk. Because you don't show up to your small group or your business going, hey, the Holy Spirit, he did it then, he can do it now. There's some of you theologically that's crept into your theology, and you know what it does? Quenches the Spirit. And a lot of times you believe, if they had the right information, they would change. No. The Holy Spirit's got to reveal it to them. You need him active, present, working, manifesting. And I know in my own life, when I began to get around people who believe that, it was dynamic. I began to expect that he might move. I began to actually believe he would or he could. And then I would hear this term anointing. And quite honestly, I, I, I'm going to make it real for you in just the last few moments. But... I also saw where there were, again, that's only for special people, and then it was also so nebulous that it was like, how do you connect with that? And you do know when you recognize it, but how do I make it real? So I'd like in the last few moments, because I know it's changed me, I'd like for us together to look at it together. What does God want us to know about his anointing? What does he really want us to know when we look at the scripture? Well, I think the first thing we need to see that we just saw, which I think is important, is it's more than just the blessing or it's more than your gifting. It's really Jesus himself. Charis is the Greek word gift, right? Charismata, these grace gifts. You didn't earn those gifts. You really, I'll be honest with you, this is what's so fascinating. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance, 
No, it's not a sign of maturity. It's amazing. Like you can have people who are off and use a gift and you're like, how did they use that gift? They could even be away from God. We're created in the image of God. We're fashioned in his image. When we're born, he deposits in us certain gifts. It's by his grace. We don't earn it. It's just like, it isn't amazing to watch someone use their gift. It's really powerful. I would encourage you, a lot of people, they don't know what God gifted them with, what he gave them. They don't understand the biblical gifts. I would encourage you to know that. But then there's this other side, this anointing, the word Cairo. And by the way, charismata. We get hung up on a term and think it's a genre of church or someone has has kind of cornered that term and they are people that do church this way or they do this or they do that or, you know, because I have people ask that all the time. The first church that I pastored, I went to my wife's church, got around these people that were more open to the power of the Spirit, came back to our church, preached on the Holy Spirit. After the service, a lady came up to me and said, you've become one of those charismatics, haven't you? Of course, I'm sorry, I've always been this way. I like to prod a little bit. So I just thought I'd kind of poke the bear, you know, poke it a little bit. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, you know what I mean. Okay, the Bible says I would that men everywhere lift up holy hands and worship God, okay? God's not mad when people lift up their hands and worship God, okay? It's not bad. You don't have to do it. It's your heart. I might push some of you a little bit. Try it. Try participating with what God's doing. You might sense the presence of God. It might be a growth step for you. I'll never do it. Your choice. Charismata, gifts. Anointing is the word Cairo. Let me make this very real. I saw this, I've never seen this before, but I did a little diagram study, and I looked at, in the Old Testament, the word spirit. Now, there's a lot of real estate in the Old Testament, and I wanna show you these dots, it's important. But there's a lot of real estate in the Old Testament. Did you know the spirit is not as common of a phrase in the Old Testament? But in the New Testament, after Pentecost, the prophecy of Joel, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's for you, it's for your children, it's for all who are far off. It became available to everyone, not just the special prophets, priest, and king. Look at the density of the spirit's activity in the New Testament. They're not doing this in their own power. It's the spirit's activity. But then look over here at the word anointing, which if you come from a background that believes in that, you may have an Old Testament understanding of it. Because it's dense in the Old Testament, but notice in the New Testament, it's like 30-something times it's used, and here's what I'm trying to get us to see. In the New Testament, we're anointed through the shift that happened when Jesus said, I fulfilled all that, I'm anointed, I'm the one that's received the touch and I'm working through your life. The Old Testament was the Spirit of the Lord didn't really know where it would work. Now, through Pentecost, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we now operate in the Spirit. The Spirit operates in us, revealing Christ, who is the anointed one. He's the one working through us. You say, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. You can use your gift, but if your gift is not submitted to the character of Christ, you'll see someone who's self-promotional, self-reliant, they do it in their own strength, but when you see somebody, it's rare, should be more common, real gifted and real submitted, it changes you. It's like, that was anointed. 
Not because they're special, but because the anointed one's character is working through their gift. It's a powerful thing. Can I encourage you? Invite the character of Christ. You may be gifted as an accountant and good with numbers, but I wanna make this real. If you'll submit your life to Christ, you'll go do what you do with those numbers and you think, this is crazy, it'll be anointed. It'll begin to reveal Christ to people, but that involves you letting him do his work in you. Some of you go, I don't know if I believe that. Well, let me give you a verse. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, is when people experience the anointing. He is the anointed one who works it through us. You can do business, you can have some good breaks, but you can be anointed for business when you submit your gift through the power of the Holy Spirit and the character of Christ starts changing you. Because when you start changing into the character of Christ, people begin to experience the anointing. I believe you can be anointed as a teacher, you can be anointed. I mean, we always talk about it in relationship to platform people. I really don't wanna make it about that because I believe it's for everybody. But I'll, I'll use Betsy as an example. I love to use her as an example because I believe she's one of the, if not the most anointed worship leader on the planet, and I know I'm partial. 25 years old, her and her husband Tyron, we started Milestone together. She's like my sister. People don't know this behind the scenes, what she laid down, recording contracts, all kinds of things she could have done, and she said, I'm gonna serve the house of God. I know that, and I know the sacrifices she made. In fact, we were in the cafetorium at our first Sunday in Indian Springs Middle School. She led worship, she was pregnant. She had Haley Jane, who just graduated from high school, the next day. I was on the front row going, we need the growth, but we'll wait. Don't have the baby now on the first, you know, we'd like to add it to the total, but you know what, let's wait, okay? We don't, don't have the baby right now. But I'm gonna tell you this, when Betsy sings, it's not just that she's a good singer. You experience God, and I know why, because behind the scenes, she's submitted to the character of Christ. It's not about her. It's about Christ. Yes, Jesus. Yes, I'll let you work in me, the most sincere-hearted person and desire to please Jesus, and that's why you experience the anointing. Have you invited the character of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit into your gifting? Erica Barber, I'd love to use her because it's VBS. Here's Erica She's one of our Milestone College students, serves kids. She was serving this week at VBS. I know, because I've met with our college students, what God's been doing in her heart this year. A lot of powerful things. One of our leaders talked to her after VBS, and she's like, I wish we had three more days. I'm thinking, come again? She's been taking care of a thousand kids. You can't even take care of your own kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute, get these kids. Somebody get these kids away from me after three days. And she goes, I could do it for three more days. I submit to you that that's because in this last year, the character of Christ being formed. She's gifted with children, but the heart she has and the anointing people are experiencing is because she's submitted to the character of Christ. And that's for all of us. That's for all of us. Here's the second one though. When you talk about the character of Christ, the hard one is, it's a process. Yes, it's a moment where we give our life to Jesus, but the Spirit of God working and revealing the character of Christ and working through us, it's a process, and that process involves pressing out more of us and allowing more of him to be revealed. John the Baptist said it this way, I must decrease that he might increase. It's a process that involves pressing. A few years ago, I took some people to Israel, 
And I remember being in the Garden of Gethsemane, and that Gethsemane means press, oil press. Jesus was pressed. We had a powerful worship time there. We later went to an actual olive oil press because those olive trees produce olives and they're hundreds of years old and then the olive press presses the olives to produce the oil. And I just began thinking as I was watching that, this oil as a symbol and people might say, man, I want the oil of God. I want the favor of God. But a lot of times we miss the reality that the oil of God comes through the pressing of God. It's like, I want the oil, but I don't want the press. If we're gonna have more of the character and nature of the anointed one on the inside of us, yes, he finished the work, but he's still working what he finished in who he is into our lives. And there'll be a press. There'll be a growth. You say, where's that in the Bible? Romans 5 says, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because, Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I wanna encourage somebody today. You've got an opportunity in the pressure in. I know that I'm talking right now to some people, you're going, Jeff, I have been under a press. You've been going through some pressing, some pressing out of who you are. You have an opportunity to not just go through it, but grow through it in the power and presence of God being more on your life after it. Some people say, well, I've been, I've been saved for 25 years, so I know about this anointing preacher. Well, you can have 25 one-year experiences with God. That Just because you've been around 25 years doesn't mean you have 25 years worth of anointing because you can just do one year 25 times. Everyone goes through press, but not everybody comes out on the other side with more of the anointing and character of Christ. I tell you, I don't want to go back through 2020. It was such a challenging time for leaders. So challenging. I mean, I had to crucify my flesh. I had to ask for forgiveness from my team because I responded sometimes emotionally. I had the challenges you have. Everyone all of a sudden became an expert. They wanted to tell me stuff. In my flesh, I want to say, shut up. You ain't ever built nothing. You're like, pastor, that was ungodly. It was. I'm just telling you where my heart was. Shut up. That's not the character of Christ. So you know what I had to do? Repent. Say, Lord, don't don't let my heart go there. Here's what I will tell you. I've sensed more of the anointing and power of God and grace in my preaching and my relationships and this. Why? Not because I'm different than you, but because I was willing to let Christ work in me in the hard times. It's that way through our old journey, all of our journey. You'll look back, I don't want to go through that again. But I tell you, the press produced more oil. Produced more oil. Is it producing that in your life? If you'll allow God, it can happen. Here's the third thing, it's experiential. I'm going to pray for you in this last moment, but it's experiential. That's really where I've wanted us to get. I've worked really hard in this series to make sure you understand We don't start with experience, we start with the word. The word gives us a pattern and a consistency of God's character that we can believe to experience what the word tells us is available. But here's the thing, the word alone, the letter kills, the spirit gives life. It's the word and the spirit. 
So the spirit is a person, so there's an experiential side to it. There's a relational side to it. And you can grieve him and you can quench him. So my desire in this series, though, has been to lean you. I've heard multiple reports of some of you going, I believe that was in the past. I've been leaning, Pastor. I've been growing. I've been inviting the Holy Spirit into my work, inviting the Holy Spirit. And you know what's a good thing? He's a good God. He does good stuff. Paul said this of the Thessalonican church. He said, you didn't come just because I preached words. It wasn't simply about words. You had full conviction in the power of the Holy Spirit. You received this in a dynamic transfer of not just the words, but also full conviction in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what Paul said of that church? He said, it's so evident on you, we don't have to say anything about it. We don't have to promote you. Everybody sees it on you. And I wanna tell you, this is not corrective. This is an encouragement. I want this series to define what we mean here at Milestone when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We wanna lean on what the Bible says it is. And I wanna tell you, I'm so honored to pastor an oily church. You carry that around with you. I hear stories about you all the time because of who you are. And I just wanna encourage you to continue to lean into it. Invite the Spirit of God into whatever it is you do. Teachers, business people, moms, dads, friends, coworkers, let the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We have a billboard. We have a website. We have SEO, check, churches near me. You know what? We wouldn't really need it if we just keep letting the Holy Spirit move on you. Because I'm going to tell you, still the number one reason people are transformed at Milestone is not because our building, our lights, my preaching or whatever. It's one of you being oily. It's one of you, them touching that going, I want more of that. It's one of you. So I wanna ask you to stand on your feet and I wanna pray for you. Lord, I thank you today that Lord, you're going with us. You anointed Jesus. Jesus, you are the anointed one and God, you were with him. And we thank you today, Holy Spirit, that we carry you with us. We're empowered to face this challenging life because your presence goes with us in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.